Welcome to your weekly podcast that brings you interviews, reviews, arts and entertainment news, all wrapped up in one place. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. Coming up in this episode... My big interview is with Downton Abbey actor Jim Carter. He's also one of the cast members of arguably the biggest movie release for Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen of the gallery gourmet, my name is Willy Wonka. They say food or even chocolates is a way to someone's heart, but what about flattery? I must say, you have a gorgeous voice, an absolutely beautiful, resonant voice. Carry on in that vein, Amani. You're doing very well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Am I getting an A star so yeah, far? Yeah, you are, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's actor Jim Carter, who's coming up shortly. Now, we love our entertainment here on Art to Art, and if you're anything like me, then there's probably an ever-growing list of stuff you haven't quite got around to watching, reading and listening to yet. Or maybe you've got through that list and now you're looking for some ideas. Well, the watch list is here to help. I've asked Brighton author and podcaster Josie Lloyd to give us some of her recommendations. He is unrecognisable as Gary Oldman, who is in a disgusting trench coat. I mean, he is disgusting. <laughs> we'll catch up with Josie later. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. It's time now for the big interview. Now, there's that little old movie involving a chocolate maker. Yes, the highly anticipated prequel Wonka is what I'm talking about from two of the writers and director of the Paddington movies, Paul King and Simon Farnaby. It's finally out on the big screen. So quiet up and listen down. Timothy Chalamet stars as the young, charming and rather joyous Willy Wonka, who just wants to bring his creations to the world. You see, I'm something of a magician. Prepare to be amazed. The problem with Wonka's delicious chocs is that they're simply too good and they're giving the famous gallery gourmet chocolate cartel a run for their money. Send Wonka a message. Do not sell chocolate in this town! But Wonka is in a bit of a bind, almost literally, as he's tied into working off his debts for Mrs. Scrubbit, played brilliantly by Olivia Coleman. Now, sign here and we're all done. Thank you, Noodle, that'll do. And it's here he meets Noodle, played by Calla Lane, and a bunch of other people paying off their debts. One such person is Abacus Crunch, an accountant, played by Downton Abbey actor Jim Carter. I caught up with Jim recently to talk all things Wonka. Here's part one of our conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, greetings to you all. My name is Willy Wonka. You see, I'm something of a magician. Prepare to be amazed. Before we talk about one of the biggest movies for Christmas, what is it like being married to a queen? Um, well, oddly, um, I might have to just pick you up on a point of detail. I'm married to an actress who plays the queen. There's a subtle <laughs> difference. Uh, <laughs> so even though I stay in character at home and I'm always a butler, she is. Uh, she, she, when she takes off the tiara, she's uh, Imelda Staunton all over again. How lovely. But she's always going to be your queen, isn't she, Jim? Of, of course. Of course she is, yes. Queen of my heart. Now, of course, Wonka, what a film. What were your 
initial thoughts about Roald Dahl's famous story being remade and then also that it was going to be a musical? Well, uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's a musical, really. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a film with music and songs in it, but it, it's, it's, let's not give the impression that it's like Les Miserables where people sing all the time. But um, the first thing I thought was... This is being made by Paul King, who did the Paddington films, which are in every sensible person's top ten films of all time sort of thing. So I thought, wow, okay, that's interesting. Then Timothy Chalamet is doing it. Wow, he's he's a talent, you know. So uh, there was an excitement about that, and then I read the script. The imagination of it, it's, it's, it's the vision of it. The You know, it's a huge film. It's a, it's a big production filled with magic and joy and optimism and, you know, and songs. Um, so I, I was very excited at the prospect I've only once played uh, an accountant in the past, and he was a crooked one. So to play a, a benign <laughs> accountant was was a, a departure for me. Um, you know, and then the, the rather terrifying prospect of having to sing was because uh, I'm not a uh, you know I might have a nice speaking voice, but uh, my singing voice is rather frightening. Um, well, I disagree. I, I was actually going to ask you about that because I think for me that was one of the highlights of the film I mean there are many fantastic big set pieces but I really love that song in the basement with everyone it's a real ensemble piece as well and you got to sing which of course I hadn't experienced watching you do before ladies and gentlemen may I present to you a brand new contraption of my creation an innovation in longification scrub scrub let me ask you a question how does Tittles want to spend all his time chasing after Milner and what do I have to do all day fellow scrubbers please scrub scrub how much rehearsal time did you have and was it a thing of joy in the end rather than something to fear? Uh, it was never quite got to the level of a, a thing of joy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I must admit, because, you know, Imelda sings. I mean, Imelda's an astonishing singer, but uh, and she did slightly have a, a, a little shudder when she heard that I was going to sing. But there was a, a, a chap on the, in, on the music side of the film called James Taylor who was so kind and sent me recordings and took me through it and got me into the right key and then we went to record the the singing at Abbey Road you know the Beatles studio oh, wow. so that was a thrill James was there taking me all through it and calming me down I was drenched in sweat I was so nervous <laughs> but in the end I have to say I got to a point um, because it's a, a, a group song I got I got to a point where I did enjoy it scrub, scrub. but now with Willy Walker's wild and wonderful wishy-washy Wonka Walker. Please don't make me say that again. Tittles gets to run, and I can have fun. Scrub, scrub. Just popping out for a bit. I'll be back before roll call. Until then, Tittles has agreed to. Scrub, scrub. I think, Amani, I think, well, you've seen it, so maybe Christmas number one, do you think? What do you reckon? Oh, Hundred percent, Jim. I need. Good. We actually need you singing full time in every movie, regardless of the role. Splendid. <laughs> scrub, scrub. Goody. I'm going to get in touch with your agent right now and suggest <laughs> that. What do you think? <laughs> You'll be in trouble if you do. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to upset you, Jim. No, but I honestly, I thought it was really wonderful, and because there's a lot going on in that scene where you're singing that particular song, there's machinery going off in the background, there's a bit of dance 
dancing, the cameras are moving around. So that's why I really loved it because it is actually quite complicated. Yeah, it was very complex. We spent a long time filming that because Paul King, you know, the director, I mean, directed the Paddington films and, and, and he co-wrote it with Simon Farnaby. He's got such a such a clear vision in his head. He's, he's got such a, an artistic vision and, and, and an eye for detail. So the detail, you're alluding to that set, but throughout the whole film, the detail is extraordinary, you know. And we felt we were part of something very special doing that. And I, I, I think the film has got a really special quality that comes down from Timothy as Willy Wonka, you know, the young Willy Wonka, um, before he becomes a bit cynical. He's, he's, he's full of optimism and joy and lightness, you know. And, and hopefully that comes across and the audience will find it enchanting. Let's try one of these so-called hover. Ooh, it's not just chocolate, is it? There's marshmallow. That's right, harvested from the mallow marshes of Peru. And caramel, but it's salted with the bittersweet tears of a Russian clown. Mm. Is it? Surely not. Cherry. Cherry picked by the pick of the cherry pickers from the Imperial Gardens in Japan. Mm. Well, Mr. Wonka. I've been in this business a very long time, and I can safely say that of all the chocolate I have ever tasted, this is without doubt the absolute 100% worst. Woo! There we have it, ladies and gentlemen, an endorsement from Mr. S Wait, the worst? This story has been made in numerous forms, hasn't it? You know, it's been adapted to the stage. It's uh, been a number of films, as has Matilda. And I think those two stories seem to resonate of Roald Dahl's. I wondered for you what you find magical about Wonka. Well, I didn't have a strong attachment to either of the Willy Wonka films made before because, the, I mean, the Gene Wilder film, I think, came out in the early 70s and I was, you know, uh, I, I don't think I owned a TV or hardly went to the cinema because I was working in theatre all the time. So, you know, didn't see that. So, so a lot of people, you know, really cling on to that. But this is a real imagining of a, of a new story be, before the chocolate factory that you know Willy Wonka setting out in life so yeah I had no preconceptions about that I just took it on its own value as a, as a, as a magical film full of you know extraordinary extraordinary delights really um, just like a delicious chocolate uh, it's a delicious confection Amani it is and one that I advise everyone to sink their teeth into <laughs> we three are the fiercest of rivals, and yet we agree on one thing. A good chocolate should be simple, plain, uncomplicated. Where is this with all its bells and whistles? Well, it's just weird. I'm gonna hate what happens next. What's happening? What's going on? That's the hoverfly. It's broken out of its cocoon. It's flapping its wings like Billia. We'll be hearing more from actor Jim Carter later on. Nobody's saying that. Who's saying? Who are these? Tell me who these people are. I've never. I can't believe it. <laughs> You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. 
If you want to get involved and give us your thoughts on Wonka or any other films, maybe you're watching something on the small screen, or you just want to share your favourite music artists or albums, all you need to do is drop me a message at Amani Mo. It's A-M-A-N-N-Y-M-O on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter. And you may end up even getting a shout out on the next Art to Art. You can also email me art2art.uk. That's art, the number two, art.uk. Coming up next, it's movie reviews time. As a film critic regularly popping up on BBC Radio, I'd love to share just a few films that I've been watching on the big and small screen. Now, that doesn't mean I am outright recommending them. I may not love them all. I probably won't hate them all. Or there may be a place somewhere in between. Now, first up, some quick thoughts on this prequel of Roald Dahl's much-loved character from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Wonka. At the time of the podcast release, the film sits in the number one spot at the UK box office and in good news, Timothy Chalamet has been nominated for a Golden Globe for the best lead actor in a musical or comedy. I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. But is it or isn't it a musical? Come with me. Good luck, Willie! And you'll be in a world of pure imagination. We've just heard from Wonka actor Jim Carter, and his take is... I don't know if it's a musical, really. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a film with music and songs in it, but let's not give the impression that it's like Les Miserables, where people sing all the time. Though I do think it's fair to say that putting a movie into the musical genre seems to be continually up for debate, especially when it comes to the marketing of a movie. I'll say it loud and proud, though. I do love a musical. often that I see a movie twice, but I did with Wonka, and I definitely enjoyed it more the second time around. Timothy Chalamet is charming, the film is perfect for all ages, it's engaging, whimsical, nostalgic, and it features Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. Seriously, what's not to love about that? Oompa Loompa Oompa I'm not in premium economy. Good night, sir. I am going flat. Now, if that's not quite for you, how about a modern-day story that descends into a dystopian drama with sci-fi hues? There's something wrong with the TV. It's all messed up. I wonder what that means. Or what could it mean? Leave the World Behind is new to Netflix. Julia Roberts stars as a person that just hates people and wants to leave the world behind, quite literally. So off she goes. She plans a remote getaway to a mansion with her family and her hubby, Ethan Hawke. There's a blackout, all communications are down, and then the owner of the place, played by Mahershala Ali, rocks up. <gasps> what would you do? You know something. I'm sure this will turn out to be a big nothing. We'll look back on this one day and laugh, I guarantee you. I think that ship is heading towards us. Holy. What? What, what, what does that mean? We shouldn't speculate. 
Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? There's lots of little psychological twists and turns to the film. I loved seeing Julia Roberts as a cynical, cold character. And I really enjoyed the style of the film, specifically the camera work and the way we move from scene to scene or chapter to chapter, which is how the story plays out. We're in this together until things get back to normal. The cinematography's on point and the soundtrack all lend themselves to that feeling of impending doom and gloom. I just think the story didn't quite land for me maybe you loved it let me know but I'd say leave the world behind is pretty average as a story goes Uh, don't take my word for it though go check it out it's available to watch on Netflix we're gonna be okay right yeah let's take a look ahead now what will be gracing our screens in the coming weeks? Well, Saltburn was a movie that I absolutely loved. And if you didn't catch this brilliant dark comedy slash thriller at the cinema, don't worry. It's coming to Prime in the UK on the 22nd of December. Now, last year's Oscar-winning actor Barry Keoghan puts in another incredible performance as Oliver, who's obsessed with Felix, played by Jacob Elordi. But but just what is he hiding? You think you'll go home? Honestly? Home doesn't mean the same for me as it does for you, Felix. Well, why don't you come home with me? Come to Saltburn. Saltburn is visually stunning, amazing performances from the lead and ensemble cast, I have to say, and that includes Richard E. Grant and Rosamund Pike. In fact, Pike and Keoghan have been nominated for Golden Globes. Oliver, I have a complete and utter horror of ugliness ever since I was very young. I don't know why. Maybe because you're a terrible person. Caveat, there are things in this story that you simply can't unsee. So if you don't mind the twisted antics, then check out Saltburn on the small screen. It's coming to the streaming platform Amazon on the 22nd of December. Anything else I should know about? No, no, just be yourself. And this leads nicely on to Sofia Coppola's biopic, Priscilla, based on 80s memoirs Elvis and Me, in which Jacob Elordi has the role as a young Elvis and Kaylee Spaney is in the title role. What are the kids listening to these days? Bobby Darren, Fabian... Playing Elvis certainly hasn't hurt Austin Butler's career as he was catapulted into the cinematic stratosphere following Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. But Priscilla focuses on a more female point of view. And I, for one, am really excited to see how Coppola presents this story. She's usually really creative and quite imaginative and also very curious as to how Kaylee Spaney will play out in the role. You know, there's a lot of rumours about you. Is there something you're hiding? I don't have a goddamn thing to hide. I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you going to be here or not? Priscilla is set to open in the UK on New Year's Day. And there you have it, just a few cinematic treats to get your teeth stuck into. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. 
don't forget, if you want to share, because we care, then let me know. You can contact me at AmaniMo, A-M-A-N-N-Y-M-O, on Instagram or X, formerly known as Twitter. You can also get in touch via email, art2art.uk. That's art, the number two, art.uk. Still to come on Art to Art, I'll be getting a steer on what's good out there in the arts and entertainment world from Brighton author Josie Lloyd. But for now, it's time to get back to actor Jim Carter for part two of my conversation on Wonka and apparently on a bad influence. Who, me? Never. <laughs> I've spent the past seven years traveling the world perfecting my craft. You see, I'm something of a magician, inventor, and chocolate maker. So quiet up and listen down. Nope, scratch that, reverse it. Mr. Wonka, I can see you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. I think everybody should be given or buy a packet of chocolates before they watch this film and go into the cinema with the chocolates because when I came out of Wonka, all I wanted to do was eat chocolate. So I'm going to admit something to you, Jim. I went and bought a massive bar of chocolate oh. and uh, scoffed it on the way home. No, I don't think we're sending out the right message here. We're, we're, we're promoting unhealthy eating. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so children listening to this programme, do not heed that advice. <laughs> Many people have come here to sell chocolate. They've all been crushed by the chocolate cartel. You can't get a shop without selling chocolate, and you can't sell chocolate without a shop. No daydreaming. What are we gonna do, Willie? Timothy Chalamet, he is such a chameleon, isn't he? He can do the action drama, he can do the vulnerable characters, but he can also play this wonderful, magical, creative character that actually, you know, for many of us, and especially for avid readers like myself, that Roald Dahl was my childhood, you know, I loved the book. So, you know, it's just wonderful to see Timothy embrace that character and really go for it. It was a bit strange for me, I'm, if I'm honest, seeing him sing. But once I got over the first song, I was just like, oh, this is just normal. He just makes it seem so natural and so easy, which he makes it seem like that because he's so professional and he works so hard. I mean, he's, his energy and his dedication is, is fantastic to see, you know. And so, you know, and as the lead in the film, he sets the tone for everybody else. So everyone goes, oh, wow, we better up our game here because this, <laughs> this guy is seriously good. So uh, he works at it and wants it to be brilliant and brings a natural verve. And is he, you know, you know he's got a natural talent but one that he hones with hard work it's it's, it's great to see I, I admired him a lot and do you have a favorite scene i know that's a bit of a cruel question but is there anything that you were either part of or that you observed whilst you're on location that really you just absolutely loved it's uh, again, I don't want to give any spoilers, but... Uh, oh, no, don't do any spoilers, No, no, Jim. but the, 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 
the, the sight of Rowan Atkinson being chased out of a cathedral by a giraffe is going <laughs> to stick in your mind for a while. I will leave it at that. We shall say no more on the subject. That's a cliffhanger, <laughs> if ever I've heard one. <laughs> I love it. For all the naysayers, the people that are like, oh, it's not another Willy Wonka film, or... Nobody's saying that. Who say? Who are these? Give, give me, tell me who these people are. I've never... Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> I've disowned them. Don't worry, Jim. Mm. I've disowned mm. all of them and those that don't like music-led films, let's just say. There's a mm. lot of music in it, and I know that some of my friends would not like that. So I've ditched those as well, Jim. Don't worry. Get rid of these naysayers. <laughs> Heavens above. I mean, you know, I mean... <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't think you can fit this film into a genre or, or compare it with anything else, really. I think it's, a, as I say, it's, it's a film that has has some songs and it's not a musical. And uh, and this this air of negativity, let us dispense with it. It's Christmas time. Yes, be gone. Be gone, negativity, mm. about anything. Go and see Wonka. Mm. Huh. Huh? Huh. Do you have a pencil and paper? Uh-huh. I got an idea. I know things haven't been easy for you. They're gonna get better. You promise? I pinky promise. That's the most solemn vow there is. Where do we start? Final word then, Jim, from you. Why should we go and see Wonka? It's a film that every member of the family can go to together and everybody will enjoy it. But go and see it in the cinema if you can because it's a huge confection of a film. It's a, it's a total delight. And I think we all need a little bit of optimism, joy and delight in our lives. So if you want to give yourself two hours of that, go and see Wonka. Beautifully done. I couldn't agree with you more. Where can we, obviously, apart from Wonka, have you got any other projects in the pipeline at the moment that you can talk about? Uh, no, nothing at the moment. I'm fully engaged with getting me, me bulbs in for my uh, spring bulbs into the garden at the moment uh, and, uh, and and looking forward to looking forward to Christmas enormously. Well, from me to you, Jim, a little bit of an advanced Merry Christmas and a very happy new year to you and Imelda and your family. Thank you very much, Amani. Cheers. And you. Thank you. Mark my words. This is going to be the greatest chocolate shop the world has ever seen. So you're the funny little man who's been following me. I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. An Oompa what now? Allow me to refresh your memory. Oh, I don't think I want to hear that. Too late. I've started dancing now. Once we've started, we can't stop, Jim. Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo I've got a tragic tale for you. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo that brings you interviews, reviews, arts and entertainment news all wrapped up in one place. Do you have that never-ending daily to-do list? What about an entertainment to-do list, whether it's that long list of films, TV, pile of books, downloaded podcasts that you've not listened to yet? I won't tell anyone. It's basically all those things that you've been meaning to watch, listen to or read or anything else, really. So allow me to introduce you to what we're calling the watch list. 
I've got a fabulous guest up next, Brighton author Josie Lloyd, who is not only a personal inspiration to me with all the support work she does around lobular breast cancer, but Josie's an author of Life Saving for Beginners and the Cancer Ladies Running Club. She's also a podcaster too. Josie, welcome to Art to Art. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Hello, Amani. <laughs> now, it was lovely always having you on my BBC radio show because you and I, we have the best laughs. And we get told <laughs> off a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't stop jabbering. That's the thing. No. But there we are. So look, I mean, the watch list, this is new. This is all about what you are looking forward to. It's your to-do list in the entertainment zone. What are you looking forward to? Because you've got three picks for us. Okay, the first one is a music one because I find Christmas music quite triggering because when I was a student, um, I got a job working in Selfridges in the toy department. I thought, great, toy department, that's going to be fabulous. But no, I was put in a little booth at the top of the first floor escalator in the bed linen department on the year Dancing Flowers came out. Do you remember those? I mean, this is back in the day. They could dance to music. They're in a little plastic pot and they could dance to music and it was the thing of Christmas. But the only tape that I could play was a Christmas tunes tape. So it was slayed over and over again. So when I hear... So here it is, Merry Christmas. I can't bear it. So um, I have found, and this is kind of going to be a family moment shortly, we've got a fabulous album, which is an alternative Christmas album called uh, The Holiday Sounds of Josh Rouse. Now, if you are used to playing music in your home um, at Christmas and you do that whole thing, you put the Frank Sinatra on or the Ella or you get the kind of Christmas hits on, this is actually a really good thing to add into the mix. It's kind of indie, folky, just really funny songs about going home for Christmas but just joyful and really lovely and so that is a family favourite so it's called The Holiday Sounds of Josh Rouse I think it came out in about 2019 but um, it's a really good album Sounds good I've never heard of that before and this is the whole point of the watch list the watch list is this eclectic choice because there's a whole plethora of things out there and it can be something classic as well so it doesn't always have to be new in fact I think the whole entertainment and arts world is flooded with so many things that actually sometimes we we miss out I know and it's quite nice to have a kind of recommendation I always go on recommendations because there's so much choice and I just like somebody to say oh no this is good and I like it for this reason (laughs) and then I will be really happy because I just don't have the time to choose because I'm too busy so um so yes but I would if you want some alternative Christmas music that's cheery that's good for all the family that's a really good music choice. Tell us what's next then, Josie. What else is on your watch list? The brilliant Slow Horses. It's actually on um, Apple TV. It's whether I'm going to get through to Christmas. I am binging the third series. It's now eking it out because it's coming out episode by episode. That's how much I've caught up. Now, this is an adaptation from the Mick Heron books, um, series of books starring Jackson Lamb, brilliantly played by Gary Oldman, who is so revolting. He's got revolting <laughs> habits, but he basically runs this kind of offshoot of MI5 called uh, Slow Horses, and they're in Slough House, and they're the, they're the people that are on the naughty list of MI5, mm. and he's got this group of agents, and they have kind of various missions. It's absolutely brilliant. I need a team of good agents. I just have the Slow Horses. What is stunning about it, Imani, is that production values are so high. All of the cast members are brilliant. All of the scripts are brilliant, but the production is fantastic. It makes London look like a London you've never seen before, but in a really cool way. Oh. I mean, it gives 
I really think it gives James Bond a run for its money and it's the best bit of British TV I've seen this year, I reckon. All right, make this quick. I've got underlings to bully. I'm busy. No one in Slough House is busy. Come on, get on with it. A team from MI5 has gone rogue. And Standish has been taken. What's the plan? I need a team of good agents. I haven't seen it yet, but I do love Gary Oldman. I think he is... He's a fantastic oh. actor. He really is the British version of Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. Such a method actor, makes every character memorable. He is unrecognisable as Gary Oldman because he plays Jackson Lamb, who is in a disgusting, like, disgusting trench coat. <laughs> he smokes, he burps, he drinks, oh. he eats doner kebabs, he farts. I mean, he is disgusting. Disgusting, but he's got a razor sharp mind and he oh, knows where is he single is. by any chance? Really? He's absolutely fantastic. So it just it's mesmerizing watching it for him. So I mean that is absolutely a hundred percent on uh on my watch list. So that's slow horses on Apple TV. It's an honor to be selected for field work. Shut up. Got it. What's your final pick for us then? Well, I'm gonna give you a podcast. Not your own. That's, that's... <laughs> That would be cheating. I podcasting this year, a little plug for my own podcast that I run with my friend Alice called uh, Show Us Your Bits, which is all about the stories behind jewellery. And it's about it's about a chance to talk to people about the jewellery they wear and what the special stories are. So it's really fun. And we kind of introduce, we interview really interesting women. So that's really fun. So I've got kind of into the female podcast zone, of which there are many. But there's one that is a real standout for me, which is called Wiser Than Me with Julia Louise Dreyfus. So you know her from Veep. She's so talented. She's incredible. And she had this wonderful idea of uh, interviewing older women to find out what wisdom they can pass on. So you have these brilliant women. She's got Diane von Furstenberg, uh, Jane Fonda, all these people that we've known that are right at the top of their game, but now quite senior. I listened to one the other day with um, Isabel Allende, you know, the author. She's 80. It was fascinating, really honest and really wise and fascinating. So I would really recommend that. It's called Wiser Than Me with Julia Louise Dreyfus, and that's on all podcast platforms. I get schooled on life by women who are older and, yeah, wiser than me. It's really, really hard to be young. People always think it's hard to be old. No, it's hard to be young. I want to know what they've learned by living 70 or 80 or 85 years. And on Wiser Than Me, we're not tiptoeing around the age part either. So are you comfortable if I say your real age? Jane Fonda. I'm 85. Darlene Love. Tell me, what is it? (laughs) I will be 82 in a few months. Amazing. Well, I was actually going to ask you about your podcast. Which season are we on now? Well, um, we're going to do season three in January. Uh, so we've just finished season two. Alice and I are going to do a Christmas special. So uh, we both sing in the Soul of the City Choir here in Brighton. And so we have our Christmas concert on Saturday. So we're going to do a bit of a debrief about that um, and have a bit of a Christmas party and a roundup of the year. But you're going to love podcasting because it's just so much fun. Josie Lloyd there doing the watch list for us. So Josie, where can we find you if we want to find out more about you? Well, I've got a website, josieloyd.com. I am Josie Lloyd writer on Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm, I have to say I'm fairly rubbish at social media, but um, you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Josie Lloyd writer. Uh, at Show Us Your Bits podcast is also on Instagram and Facebook. So find us there. 
Just to recap, sitting on Josie's watch list are music with the holiday sounds of Josh Rouse. That's R-O-U-S-E. You can head to joshrouse.com if you fancy it for a podcast choice, Wiser Than Me, with Julia Louise Dreyfus, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, Josie's been binge-watching a TV show on its third series called Slow Horses, starring Gary Oldman on Apple TV. And there's an interesting connection to one of my upcoming guests, actor Samuel West, who also appears in the series. All the links to Josie's watchlist will be listed in the Art to Arts episode description. And here on the Art to Art podcast, it's all about sharing our experiences and opinions. Please feel free to add your watchlist to my social media page on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter. All you need to do is head to at Amani Mo. That's A-M-A-N-N-Y-M-O. So please do get in touch and share your thoughts with me. Well, it's time to wrap up proceedings, but not before I end on a high note. Quite literally. At the end of every Art to Art, there'll be an improv from my super talented nephew, aka my nef, Luca Mo, who you can find at Luca Mo Music on Instagram. So, without further ado, may I introduce Nef Jam? my guests, actor Jim Carter, author Josie Lloyd, and for the art to art title and incidental music, thank you, Luca Mo. And a big thank you goes to you for having an art to art with me. Please do follow, like, and share if you're enjoying this podcast. I'll see you next time. You're listening to Art to Art with Amani Mo. This is your weekly podcast that brings you interviews, reviews, arts, and entertainment news, all wrapped up in one place. Uh-huh.